We, did you enjoy last week with Linda Anderson when it came to uh, the part on uh, Laugh More? And so I wanted to repeat one of the, the uh, verses that she went over with us out of Nehemiah. Then Ezra told the people, go your way, eat the fat, drink the sweet drink, and send portions to him for, for whom nothing is prepared. For this, is, this day is holy to our God, and be not grieved and depressed for the joy of the Lord is your strength, and I like this out of the Amplified, and your stronghold. If you need one of our fill-ins, lift your hand and we'll try to get that to you as quick as we can. Your first fill-in is something has a stronghold on you right now. Nobody is exempt. Nobody lives a life where something doesn't have a stronghold on them. And I like that in Nehemiah, it says that the joy of the Lord can be your strength and your stronghold. That you get to decide what that stronghold is. You can decide if it's going to be the joy of the Lord. You can decide if it's going to be um, uh, weightiness, worry, uh, concern, all those different things. You get to decide. But God designed that his stronghold in your life would be joy. That when, it, when, when God looks at your life and says, what I want to have a stronghold on you is joy. Let me go back to my title screen because I forgot to mention it. I came up with this title, Worry Less, Let It Go, and Laugh More. Well, I was listening to a Joel Osteen um, message, and he, in the foyer after one Sunday morning, uh, was meeting people, and an older lady came up to him, and she was, I think, in her 90s, and uh, he said, you look great. What's the secret of your life? And she said, Joel, three things. Worry less, let it go, laugh more. Tonight is uh, let it go. We did worry less the first. Miss Linda was laugh more. But tonight is to let it go. That when we hoard things in our hearts, that's when the letting go is difficult. And I want to real quickly go over what hoarding is like when it comes to our hearts. We know what natural hoarding is. There's shows on TV that people that hoard natural things or, or substance things, but we can have an immaculate house and everything where it's supposed to be and still have hoarding in our hearts and in our lives. But the, the reasoning is the same. The reason people hoard things physically or hoard things in their heart and their minds are by the same reason. The first thing is this, two things that uh, hoarding happens is that we fear, fear letting things go. Y'all are gonna fill all those in at once. I know how everybody is, go ahead and fill them in. <laughs> we fear letting things go. Here's the sad part, we become comfortable with the clutter in our hearts. That if you look at people that are dysfunction, and every one of us have dealt with dysfunction in our lives, is that a lot of times we don't want to let go because we become comfortable with the things that are cluttering our hearts. Number two is that we fear being hurt again. And what happens is clutter becomes a defense. It becomes a defense against the things that caused us pain. Every single person avoids pain, discomfort. Every single person does things in their life where they uh, make sure that pain doesn't happen to them again. And so what happens is our hearts become cluttered and the, the parallel is like people that have hoarded houses that many of them, almost all of them consistently, my sister and I, I think we've seen every hoarders episode, but consistently there was a time in their life where they experienced loss or pain or hurt or uh, betrayal or, or the things of those natures. And those were the beginning points of them hoarding things in their lives. And, and you can see the rationale when the 
windows are covered, when the staircase, when the doors are barricaded, it's, there's just a path to get through. And then many times they're like sleeping on a heap of trash and there's stuff all around them. And you think, well, no normal person would do that. But in their minds, what their thought is that if I can surround, if I can insulate myself with things, then I'll protect myself from what has been hurt. And we all do that. We've all done that. That in our hearts and in our minds, we have gathered clutter to ourselves in an effort to never be hurt like that again. Nobody enjoys being let down. Nobody enjoys being hurt. Nobody enjoys being disappointed. And so what ends up happening is that we let those emotions, those dysfunctions, those wrong thinkings, the joy of the Lord not being our strength, we allow those things as a barrier as a defense against what God has for us. Your next fill-in is the sad reality is that hoarding in our hearts is, a never, is never a successful plan for a free heart. That really the enemy's plan for, for each one of us is that we would just become emotional hoarders. We would become heart, that our hearts would be super cluttered by things. And if he can just keep our hearts super cluttered, then he really, de- he really doesn't have anything that he has to do with us because we will insulate ourselves and gather to, self- to ourselves things that are comfortable, familiar, but dysfunctional. Stuff that we uh, are used to, know what it's like to have them around us, yet it impedes us from in- interacting with other people and living the life God designed us to live. I've never, I've never seen somebody that was um, emotionally hoarding and they were able to help other people. It's not, it's not natural. But the person that's free, the person that lets go, the person that releases things to the Lord, that person is, put them, is placing themselves in a position to be a blessing. I, forgot, I lost my place, forgive me here. Many don't think, listen closely to this, that they are worth having a free heart. That's the sad part. And we've all been there. Every single one of us have been at a place in our lives where we didn't think that we deserved to have, that we were worth having a free heart. Don't raise your hand, but have you ever gone through a friendship or a romantic relationship or the loss of, a, of, a, of someone close to you and uh, they broke up with you, they walked away from you, they abandoned you, they mistreated you? And what happens naturally there. We devalue ourselves. We don't think that we're worth, when we've been mistreated, when we've been let down, our value of ourselves decreases because our our thought is, if I wasn't valuable enough for that person to value me, then I must not have value in, in and of myself. And that's clutter. That's clutter in our hearts. And it's the enemy's plan. And we've all been there. Like I said, it's not where we live this life where we just let it go, let it go. Like we, we live in a world that is difficult sometimes to live in. But you have to know that you are worthy. You're worth having a free heart. The next thing goes with it. That people don't think that they deserve to live a life that's full of joy. Have you ever been going through a hard time and somebody made you laugh in the middle of it? And have you ever done that when somebody's like having a hard time and then you decide, I'm gonna try to lighten their day and, and you start being light and, they, and they, they're like trying to hold a smile and 
<laughs> you're trying to be funny and they're trying to like, I'm not supposed to be laughing at this right now. I'm supposed to be in a, in a depressed state or whatever. And that's a small analysis of what people do with their hearts all the time. They don't think they deserve to live a life that's full of joy. I like Miss Linda last week. You know, if you were here last week, you don't know how long it took me to convince her <laughs> to be uh, with me last week. As a matter of fact, I worked on her for about a month. <laughs> and she finally, uh, she didn't tell it here last week, but I finally, uh, she said, I was talking to somebody on the phone about two weeks before she agreed to it. And this person said they had a dream. And in this dream, they were, God was asking them to do something, but they were just in their heart refusing to do it. And I told them, you need to go on and do what God's asking you to do. And she said, I hung up the phone and I realized that applies to me too. And I said, amen, Miss Linda, you're coming to JG. I forgot to tell one of the funniest stories ever when it came to laughter last week. About two or three years ago, we had a funeral, uh, like a, not a funeral here, but it was like a, a meal for the family um, here in the auditorium after a funeral. And so uh, lots of tables were set up in here and uh, the, the time of eating was winding down. People were going and I was sitting up here at a table. Some people had been there, but they had left. And so I was just sitting there uh, at the table after a long you know, day, being part of the funeral, setting all that kind of stuff up. And so Linda and uh, Don Anderson were leaving. And so they were coming from this side of the room and they were going toward the door. Well, I'm sitting over here and I catch eyes with Miss Linda. And it's, you know, somebody very precious in our lives had, had left that day. And so you, you know, realize that your love for, for the people that are in your life. And so I'm sitting over there and I see her and she's about to go out the door and she starts, she waves at me and she blows me a kiss and I wave at her and I blow her a kiss back. And, and then I think I went back to my phone was in front of me. I was looking at my phone and Don Anderson had gone over here. He's a talker. So he had gone over here to talk to somebody. And so then I see them leaving again as Mr. Anderson's ready now that he's, you know, told his joke or whatever he was doing. And Linda Anderson's at the back door, so we do it all over again. She waves at me, blows me a kiss, and I wave at her, and I blow her a kiss. But between where I was sitting and where Linda Anderson was at the door was my sister-in-law's sister. And she's not, her back is to Linda Anderson, and she's facing toward me, holding her grandson, <laughs> And so there's Miss Linda. We're blowing kisses back and forth to each other over my sister-in-law's sister's head. And I'm oblivious to the whole thing. And all of a sudden I catch eyes with Laura and Laura goes. <laughs> and then I realized that Laura probably thinks that I am blowing kisses to her. <laughs> and not quite sure what to do as she's holding her grandson. So I went over to her. I said, Laura, you have to understand that Linda Anderson was <laughs> standing behind you, blowing me kisses. <laughs> oh, I didn't. I know she covered for it. She goes, well, I just saw you waving and I thought I'd wave back. <laughs> no, you're about to call the police on me. <laughs> Letting go makes, is the great, listen to this, is the greatest signal of strength in your life. That when you make that choice to let go, you feel like you've, you're, you're creating a loss in your life. But the reality is that you're showing strength in your life. It takes courage to let go. 
It takes courage to release the things that have occupied your heart. And, and here's the sad thing is that we become accustomed to it. And so when we let those thoughts go, we let those uh, feelings go, we, we let those tendencies go, we let those things that have occupied our mind, when we let them go, it is the death of something. It is the release of something. So in letting go, it shows strength. And God is so good because in the middle of that, his strength comes in. The joy of the Lord being our strength, the stronghold of joy creates a room for it. Letting go makes room for what God has for your heart. And there's no one in here that doesn't want God to have more room in his or her heart. But letting those things go, those attitudes, those hangups, those, those uh, hurts, those disappointments, those bit, the bitterness, the, the holding things against people, the, the sense of being hurt and, and betrayed, letting those go allows room for God to have room in our heart. I like the Apostle Paul. He wrote a lot of the New Testament. And here's what he said in the Passion. He says, I admit that I haven't yet acquired the absolute fullness that I'm pursuing, but I run with passion into his abundance so that when I may reach the purpose that Christ Jesus has called me to fulfill and wants me to discover, I don't depend on my own strength. There's a message right there to accomplish this. However, I do have one compelling focus. Remember, he's written many, many books of the New Testament. I forget all of the past as I fasten my heart on the future instead. That this man, the Apostle Paul, that wrote so much of what we read in the Bible says, I've, I've mastered one thing, just one thing. Of all the things that I could credit to myself, I mastered one thing. I let go of things in the past. I let go of things that are trying to hold me back, that refuse to let junk live rent-free in your heart. So, have you been guilty of that? Don't raise your hand. But have you been guilty of that, that someone in your past was living rent-free in your mind and in your heart? <laughs> that someone back there who has gone on and to other things that is still lived rent-free in your thoughts and in your hearts. Refuse to let that junk, let it live, live there in you. That not letting go gives the control of your heart to someone else. Many times people are in control of our hearts that don't have any idea they are. Many times people are in control of our hearts that are long gone out of our, of our, of our realm of sphere of influence. Don't let that junk live rent-free in your life. That holding on, holding, it should be possessive right there, I realize that, holding on's sole purpose in our heart is destruction. Nobody has ever hoarded hurt, hoarded, hoarded pain, disappointment. No one has ever hoarded that and lived successful. Nobody has held on to that and lived a full life. But who has lived a full life? Someone who knows how to let it go. Someone who knows how to lay it down. Someone who knows I'm jumping ahead knows how to let it be. Going to the same author, Paul, in Colossians says this, Christ's resurrection is your resurrection too. This is why we are to yearn for all the things that are above. 
for that's where Christ sits enthroned in a place of all power, all um, honor and authority. Yes, feast on all of the treasures in the heavenly realm and fill your thoughts with heavenly realities and do not and, and not with the distractions of the natural realm. I like the passion that says, feast on the treasures, the thoughts of the heavenly realities. You know what that comes from? That comes from an understanding that you are worth the thoughts of God, that you are worth the things that he thinks about you, that you are worth the, 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 the joy, that strength, that stronghold that he has in your life. Now, here's the thing that many people might be saying, Jonathan, you don't understand what I've been through. You don't know what has been done to me. And no, I don't. But every single one of us have deal with good and bad and ugly. We all deal with it. Here's the analogy that in your home right now is stuff that's useful and stuff that's not useful. So I thought about this. Miss Melinda brought me one of her, I don't have any china since I'm not married, but she brought me this uh, plate of china. Was this Mimi's? This was her mom's. So precious. Now, this right here is displayed more than likely in a china cabinet that's got glass and it's lit well and it's, and it's placed in, a, in a, a, a preeminent place because it's china. But also in a house, you've got nice china, but also in a house, and this is true of everybody, is that we have trash. And I'm not talking about your relatives, but we have have trash. Now, what kind of house would you walk into that in the china hutch was the trash? And over in a corner in the kitchen was the china. No, you would think that something was wrong there. But here's the reality is everybody has both in their house. You have nice things that are treasured, but you also have stuff that is waste and discarding. The difference is knowing the places that they should have. And in every single one of our hearts, we have things that are to be treasured, things that thoughts that are from above, but we also have things that need to be put out. And almost everybody in this room, whether you own a home or not, because if you own a home, you know when the trash day is. If you don't own a home, your parents will tell you when the trash day is. probably five minutes before the truck comes. (laughs) Because what's the objective? The objective is that what is contained in this should be put out to be moved away. This is not gonna be sitting on most people's uh, curb. This is. Why? Because we've mastered in our physical homes, we've mastered what should be treasured and what should be let go. And if you don't know what to let go, then you'll be on a show called Hoarders. <laughs> and the same, in the same way, God designed your heart to sometimes have two things going on inside of them that one is meant to be treasured and one is meant to be gathered up and to be put out. It doesn't make the trash wrong. Nobody goes crying over their barrel of trash and saying, why do we have to have trash in our house all the time? No, it's a natural occurrence of living. The dysfunction comes when you don't know that you gather that up on Monday and Friday and go put it at the curb. In the same way, in our hearts, the art of letting go, the, the, 
gift to yourself of letting go is knowing when something should be put out. And we all deal with that. On a daily basis, we will have thoughts in our mind that need to be put in a trash bin. But we'll also have thoughts in our mind that come from the Spirit of God living on the inside of us. And those should be treasured. Those should be, those should be put in a place of preeminence. Those should be on display in our hearts. The good thing is knowing the difference. Everything in your heart has a place. How many of your mom, is saying, your mom has ever said that? Everything has a place in this house. You leave a pair of scissors out and she says, no, no, no. Don't leave those scissors there. Why? What does she say? You know where the scissors go. And in our heart, it's the same place that everything should have a place. Our value should have a place. Our destiny should have a place. Our dream should have a place. Our hurt should have a place. Our disappointment should have a place. Our fear should have a place. And knowing what to treasure and what to put in the waste can is mastering that. I, I lost my place here. That you determine what is treasured and what is to let, is let go. That you have that power. Nobody in this room, nobody watching here, nobody is without the power in their life to know what to treasure and what to let go. And so when you feel like, the enemy will make you feel like that you don't have control over that. That, you, that things are happening to you that are outside of your power, things are occurring in your life that you have no say over, and that's just simply not true. That you, just like your home, you can place things where they are supposed to be and know when to let go. I like this in Philippians. I'm going back to um, Philippians. The book of Philippians says, keep, so keep your thoughts continually fixed on all that is authentic and real. If there's ever a day that we live in that we should have our thoughts on authentic and real, honorable and admirable, beautiful and respectful, pure and holy, merciful and kind, what a list. And fasten your thoughts on every glorious work of God. Here's the key, praising him always. That if you don't organize your thoughts and emotions, they will fight for supremacy in your heart. Have you ever felt like there was a war going on on the inside of you? What is that? Ill thoughts, thoughts that are outside the, outside the thoughts of God that are fighting for supremacy in your life. But the good news is you have the ability that you have the responsibility of the makeup of your own heart. Monkey man, if you don't mind coming down. I wanna go back as I close this out to Philippians uh, 3 again, but instead of the passion, I want you to see it in the Amplified. Watch this. Same thing from Paul. I do not consider, brethren, that I have captured or made my own, my own yet, but one thing. If somebody told you, they said, I'm a master at just one thing, wouldn't you want to know what that was? And they're saying, I am really, really good at one thing. I'd want to know what their, what their expertise was. And Paul tells us, I have mastered one thing. And it wasn't all the writings I'm, I did or I'm about to do. It wasn't that I uh, met Jesus on a road to Damascus and changed my life, even though that's wonderful. He said, I, I, it wasn't how many churches I've influenced. He said, I have mastered one thing. And that one thing, he said, and the Amplified says, it is my one aspiration, forgetting what lies behind and straining forward 
for what lies ahead. I'll say this, that we will never be able to reach forward as long as we have not forgotten what's behind. And I'm not saying that we're dumb, that people walk all over us and we just say, we just let it go, we let it go. I'm not talking about that, but I'm talking about a heart of wisdom and a heart full of joy that forgets and lets go of the trash and reaches for what lies ahead. Listen to this, letting go lets things heal. The art of letting go allows for the healing process to begin and continue. Restoration comes when we leave things alone and let them heal. When we just leave it alone. Has anybody ever watched a show called Dr. Pimple Popper? Anybody seen it? I love watching. My favorite are the sis because I like this. I love it. I won't gross you out. <laughs> but she's had two cases that I remember on her show where people came to her with dermolo- dermatological, dermatological skin issues. <laughs> and in these two instances, medically, there was nothing wrong with them. What had happened was they, like this one woman, she had these lesions on her face and she had them on her torso and on her legs. But the funny part was, and she had them like on the upper part of her back, but there were no lesions in the middle of her back where she couldn't reach. And it was kind of a sad show because Dr. Sandra Lee is looking at her and uh, did tests on it, biopsies, that kind of thing. Uh, trying to find what might be causing these lesions. And she finally came to the discovery for this woman. And she told her, she said, your skin condition is self-inflicted. And of course the lady didn't like hearing that. And so she said, I think it's, it's more of a, a mental emotional thing than it is a, a, a skin issue. Well, here was the issue with the lady is that she would have the lesion there and then she would just continue to pick at it. And so the, the what do you call it? The case is that there, uh, there's nothing wrong there other than the um, introduction of the physical human picking touch at it. So in essence, she's creating her own issue. And she said, well, it itches. Well, of course you've and probably at night when she's asleep, she's picking at them. What was the issue? The issue was that she, as long as she kept on messing with it, it wasn't going to heal. As long as she was preoccupied with it, and finally Dr. Lee gave her some healing bandages that she would cover them up, and I don't know if she left them there or not, but uh, so that she wouldn't touch it. So the, the problem was that as long as you keep messing with it, as long as you keep picking at it, as long as you keep disturbing it, it's never gonna heal. And so it is with things that we refuse to let go. As long as we hold on to them, as long as we nurse them, as long as we allow ourselves to be comfortable with them, as long as we find security in them, then we never will heal from them. 
But when we make that decision, I'm gonna let it go. And there may be times in our lives that we have to make that decision a hundred times a day, that I'm gonna let it go. Then the healing starts. Then the restoration starts. Then the word of God starts taking effect in our lives, just simply by letting it go. Let me pray for you. Father, I thank you that those that are in this room and those that might be watching, they might be dealing with things in their lives that have affected them in that manner, that they've been picking at it, they've been nursing it, they've been coddling it, they've been giving it undue attention. Only by your Holy Spirit, God, do we have any hope. So I'm asking you, God, that you administer to their spirit by your Holy Spirit, showing them, giving them the ability to let that go, God, even if it's multiple times where we just say, God, I release that situation to you. I release that emotion to you. I release that pain to you. I release that disappointment to you. I release that fear to you. And in that process, God, I believe that you will heal and you will restore. So we give it to you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.